Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Adventure Time Distant Lands, which we'll be talking about today. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Dylan Heisen. Hello. Michelle Anderer. Hello. And Ali Martin. Hi. Uh, as mentioned, today we are discussing Adventure Time Distant Lands, the new... I it, thought it, the show ended. It, it did a while <laughs> ago. If you've been listening to Over the Animated, you know that the last time we talked Adventure Time in Death was the Come Along With Me finale, which I think is over a year ago at this point, maybe longer. I, I don't... I, I, I should have that in front of me. But anyway, uh, yeah, since then we've been in hiatus, but now we have uh, Distant Lands, which is a series of, uh, of around 45 minute specials that are going to be on HBO Maps, and we'll be discussing the first of those that have been released, which is focused on BMO, and you can uh, find more on our previous Adventure Time coverage at OverlyAnimated.com if you want to catch up on our thoughts while the show was running on on television and not on streaming services. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app by searching for Overly Animated, and you can also find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. But yeah, we, we are gathered here today to discuss our little robot friend, Vimo, <laughs> um, and discuss, uh, what, what are our initial feelings about this, uh, this new road for Adventure Time, a show that went on for many years, many seasons, and is, uh, is taking a new approach as we enter the age of streaming. Um, so we'll, we'll begin with initial thoughts and then work from there on, uh, more specific topics. But uh, let's go to Dylan first. Um, in general, what were, what were your thoughts uh, watching this uh, the the BMO special? Um, so I, I didn't have like the highest expectations. I feel like for the BMO special, I like BMO, but I, I don't know if this would have been my top pick for immediate uh, Adventure Time special. So I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, <laughs> but I I was really impressed. I really like this episode uh, of Adventure Time, what Distant Lands, whatever. Like I thought this worked really really well. Um, like it was just a, a great story. If it, it was like it was standalone, I mean, they connected to some elements of the show. Um, Bimo was a really good protagonist. I thought this was very gorgeous, like a step up production quality from even from the, the high standards of Adventure Time before. I was really happy having Adventure Time back. I feel like the special captured what makes Adventure Time Adventure Time. It was quirky. Um, it was funny. Uh, but it was also just like this great kind of standalone story. And um, I the new characters. I love Y5. Um, I, I love the... Uh, the the drift the yeah the drift yeah uh, and then every the setting of it um so I, I was I was really really happy with this really uh, positive about the special okay start starting off strong uh, thank you Dylan um let's go to um to Ali next um how how are you feeling about about the special um well kind of pretty much the same like i mean i did watch adventure time back in the day but i wasn't the hugest stan because a lot of it did feel like it kind of dragged at least for certain episodes so i wasn't really optimistic about the 45 minute special format initially i think they've handled it really well and i think it succeeded especially even in the first episode although i wasn't like super invested in anything past y5 or bmo um but i also really enjoyed it i think what is to come is going to be more entertaining probably for i mean i don't know there might be like a lack of references to the original series and i kind of hope there is because i agree with what dylan said it works really well as like standalone with new characters um 
and yeah, the production is obviously a huge step up, which I also, I don't know why I didn't expect it, but it's nice to see. And it really does feel like the original show, even without like everybody, you know, even though Jake and Finn come in at the end, it didn't need them to feel like the Adventure Time universe. I want to know more about the service droid, though. I mean, we'll get into it, but <laughs> I do have questions. Okay, okay. And, and we, we will definitely talk a little bit more about like how how effective this is for someone like really into Adventure Time and people who are more being yeah. introduced to the lore. Um, Michelle, mm-hmm. I, I believe that you're you're also in the camp of like not that into Adventure Time lore. So like, how how are your general feelings uh, coming into this <laughs> special? Uh, I mean, I, I I like Adventure Time, but I've only seen about half of it, plus the finale, just mm-hmm. because I found out about oh. Bubbly Nuts. I was like, I gotta see the culmination. <laughs> but I mean, I do think this works really good as a standalone. I I was constantly wondering, like. Are some of these characters references to things I should know about if I were deeper in the fandom of Adventure Time? But, like, I agree with Allie and Dylan that, like, you know, Y5 is such a great character. Bimo's always a champ. And the drift itself as a location that we spend so much time in is really enjoyable. I think they... Did, even though, like, we don't see a ton of it, there are enough, like, areas that are different, enough people, like, with different kinds of jobs, like the bugs and, like, Hugo, certainly. And, like, you get this sense of, like, what the current environment and the hierarchies and how, like, socially everything sort of fits together in mm-hmm. this, like, colony that's almost on the brink of devastation and that's just a really cool kind of sci-fi thing to get into. And I feel like this definitely felt way more sci-fi than the what I remember from the show. Now I'm kind but of annoyed with myself yeah. that I didn't think of that because that's a good point. It, it's like, because what I remember about Adventure Time is like, it's it's more about like the fun, wacky adventures, but then it gets like a lot more existential later. Mm-hmm. But like this just like went hard into sci-fi in a way that I think is pretty exciting because I don't know how often Adventure Time has really gone that hard into it before. And maybe they did in later seasons. But like honestly, the drift itself as a location was one of the things I was surprised as much as I ended up liking it. And I will echo like the animation, the the caliber is very on display with this. Like for whatever reason, like a lot of like seeing Wi-Fi emote as she, I'm pretty sure it's a a, a girl bunny, right? I'm, I can't remember anyone's gen- Let's yeah, go like- with that. <laughs> I'll guess that Wi-Fi is female, but like a lot of times she'd be like running through a location and you just see this like concernedness in her face or like the way she was expressing herself is very like, fluid but like interesting and just like clean and just i don't know i i haven't seen anything quite that smooth in a while and just the backgrounds were so gorgeous and colorful i think especially that plant room comes to mind like that really yeah. felt like something special so like honestly like bmo wi-fi amazing i kind of love the the giant hefty bunny mom like she was pretty cool too <laughs> but the like environment itself of the drift i think was like my favorite part I feel like gen- gender on Adventure Time pretty can be pretty fluid and open. I feel like, like I feel like feel like Bimo is the best example. Of well, right? Yes. Like, cause, cause Even like, though he's Bimo, referred to as a boy, which is yeah, yeah like, like exclusively a boy in this. But I swear, I remember them calling Bimo he in some episodes and she in other episodes. I, I, like I, I did very research. Casually. That's confirmed. Yeah, gender, oh. so pronouns have changed from, over the years. Because, like, this is, like, a prequel, essentially, for BMO, right? So maybe that's, like, how that makes sense. I don't know. 
I think I saw Adam recently referring to Bimo as they. So I, you know, maybe oh, it's all of the above. Okay. Yeah, the, the the show has bounced around a lot on on that topic. But yeah, it, coming back to the the general discussion on B, on Bimo, uh, I will say that I, I agree with all you guys that like it works really well as a standalone, and I find it just like a very interesting intro because like even for someone who well, like I, I have watched every Adventure Time episode, but like it's interesting that this episode doesn't expect you to have done that. Like, there's very little that would uh, that's like that you would miss entirely if you had not watched an adventure time episode. I think basically nothing. Yeah. There's, there's one, there's one character that like you you have a better idea of if you've watched the show, but the, it within the special uh, talking about Mr. M, like it it does enough to establish what kind of character that is. And overall, Mm. like everyone is very, very established very quickly. Like like we mentioned, like Y5, like you immediately get, uh, get her deal. You get the, the deal of this uh, society, um, like coming you know, coming to crumbles. It's a classic sci-fi tale, <laughs> but uh, with with the Adventure Time spin, and uh, I think it's it's notable that um sub that I think Michelle mentioned like the key tenets of Adventure Time are wacky hijinks and existentialism, and we still get that in, <laughs> yeah. in the in this uh, in this special. So like that helps it to like feel Adventure Timey, even though we're in an entirely different setting. So like I I, I really love the, this this direction. I think that this is the best possible <laughs> use of if you wanted to start your debut in the new system with BMO. I think this is the best best case scenario it could have gone. Like put him in a totally di- uh, different setting and uh, just to go wild uh, and uh, yeah so I, I i really enjoyed uh, this it made me it definitely feels uh, on par with with uh, the better adventure time episodes uh during the show um we can talk a little bit more about like just the general format of it this is uh, of uh, 45 mi- uh, minutes um come along with me the adventure time finale was about that length as well um, other than that, like Adventure Time historically has been 11 minute episodes. So uh, I'm curious, uh, Dylan, do you have any thoughts on if this, uh, on how this, uh, uh this premise sustained for 44 minutes? If you feel, uh, any, um, anything compared to the usual Adventure Time fare? Yeah, what I want to compare it to, I feel like, is the miniseries, because I think this is kind of a similar concept uh, the, to the miniseries format that they went to a few times towards the end of Adventure Time's run. Um, and I thought this worked even better than the miniseries did. Like, I thought the miniseries were really good on a, on Adventure Time. Um, and it like when you have more episodes, it maybe you can get into more depth on things, but like the consequence of a TV season versus a movie is, you know, you have to you do various that you can't, you have a main story, then you'll have to add other stuff in to kind of fill it out too. But with the special format, it's, it's just really focused. Um, and like this like worked and there's like no, no fluff, no like uh, episodes. I wasn't as into from some of the miniseries. This was just like straight, like great, exciting from start to finish. I'm, very excited about this as a format moving forward. I mean, thinking about the bubbling special next, like uh, it's like, Oh, only 45 (laughs) minutes, but I don't, now I'm like, that's, that's great. That feels like a great format. Uh, You can just get straight into bubbling uh, emotional depth of start to finish like that. That sounds great to me. 
Yeah, that, that's an interesting comparison to the miniseries because, like, when I uh, like just as a as an example, like Islands, right? Like Islands, you have to do uh, Finn, Finn and Jake going to the islands in the present. You fit in the flashback with Susan Strong. Mm-hmm. You fit in flashback with the with the like uh, with a sea Finn's monster parents. or something, right? So like you're you're like do it because it's in the style of a miniseries. It's like each episode has its own premise, but like that that's different from a special like this where like it's one continuous story all the way through and you're like fo- focusing on building the main, the the main characters so like I, I don't think that there's one that's better than the other like as you mentioned like the mini series are, are impressive in their own right stakes especially but like i i agree that like this uh, this particular format what it does is it keeps you focused on one story and so like in that sense it lets you get invested in these new characters a lot quicker than you would maybe if you had to like balance uh the new characters with the old characters like you would have done in the in the miniseries age um ali or michelle i don't know if you have any uh, uh thoughts on the longer length here i i kind of feel like i was skeptical about it just because i thought it would drag like a lot of episodes that are kind of fillery of, of adventure time but i think i agree with dylan it was done almost in a way better than the miniseries but it's hard to compare the two honestly um, I also really love the miniseries. Like, Stakes and Islands are probably my two standout, um, for lack of a better term, episodes in the whole series. But I think they did this really well. And I'm really excited for what's to come later. Because, I, I mean, I didn't really enjoy this as much watching it through the first time. But, like, I, I definitely have to watch it again. Because I didn't even think we're going to get into your note about capitalism and colonialism. But oh, that man, was also... Yeah. Like, I'm annoyed that I didn't think of it because that's my jam when cartoons reference that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, just to rephrase, capitalism and colonialism are not my jam, but seeing cartoons <laughs> talk about it. I was, I was going to say. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify, I apologize. Uh, we'll, we'll dig into that, but I do want to, since this is probably going to keep coming up, I should mention that the other three specials that are coming up, uh, Wizard City, oh, yeah. Matt Peppermint Butler, together again will be a Finn and Jake in the future. And uh, the one that's upcoming that's next up is, uh, titled Obsidian on Princess Bubblegum and Marceline the Vampire Queen. Obviously. And I do feel that, that in general among the Adventure Time fandom, that one is the anticipated yeah. one. So like th- this, uh, in that, uh, we also are kind of viewing BMO as like the prep towards that or like what are like um, kind of setting our expectations, right? So like, would you say, um, Michelle, would you say your expectations are lowered or, or heightened by BMO uh, now, now that we have the, 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 st- the standard there? Heightened on its own versus what's coming up or? Like, are you more or less excited or about the same excited for Obsidian now that you've watched the BMO special? I mean, probably more just because, like, I guess, like, none of us really knew how much. And again, there's a lot of Adventure Time I haven't seen. But this does, from what I remember, feel a lot like, you know, the show did. So I feel like that makes me feel a lot more confident that whatever we get later is going to feel just as true to the original show. And, like, that's a nice feeling. I remember feeling that way about Future. I was like, oh, man, like, I know there's going to be, like, half the crew is going to be different. And is it going to be... And it is, like, different, but it's still kind of the same in a way. So I feel sort of similarly about this. Um, I don't think I've seen any of the miniseries, so I can't speak <gasps> to that. But I do, I do think the length of this helps me appreciate just, like, the environment in a way that I feel like sometimes... Maybe if you're somebody who works on, like, backgrounds in a show, 
you're you spend a lot of time making something look really cool and then you spend like five seconds in it for plot reasons because you only have an 11 minute episode and there's a lot you have to get through but because we spend so much time in pretty much one location outside of space at the beginning i feel like that really helps me like even like get more mad at hugo honestly because like the more you get to know all the people that live there and you don't like really get to know anyone but y5 but even so it's like yeah he like totally just like invaded it like took all the resources, destroyed everything, and then just yeeted. And I also, like, this is tangentially <laughs> related, but, like, did he destroy the Earth, or did he just leave when it became unsustainable? It's unclear, but maybe he legit destroyed the Earth, and that's a crazy info drop, if so, because we always wondered how the Earth, like, was you the- know, got giant chonker, like, craters in it and stuff, and was it Hugo all along? Like, that's what I wonder now. <laughs> I, I assume they would have said if he was more involved in them, them like that would have been a big thing if he was, yeah, was involved, involved in starting the mushroom, the mushroom war. war. Yeah. yeah, but it's an interesting theory. Like I don't think that uh, having seen the show, all the show, I don't think there's like a no to that, right? Like it's well, possible, yeah. right? Like I, I, I think I mean, that yeah, flashback we were talking is, about him. Yeah, yeah, I think that flashback is vague enough that like you could you know build build a fanfic out of that. <laughs> yeah, like he took part yeah. in building the bomb that like destroyed like, everything. That's what the knockoff um, Bimo was saying, right? That, like, because she knows him from way back, and she's like, oh, yeah, like, this is pretty much what he did with Earth. He, like, he left when it was unsustainable, and then he went to this new colony, and now he's leaving that when it becomes unsustainable. But it's, like, partially because of him that things get worse. So I assumed, like, that applied to Earth also. But mm-hmm. it is a little unclear, but I just, I wonder, man, like. I wonder where this colony even came from if they're not from Earth, because clearly they're like different species. And well, I don't know. It's supposed to be a spaceship, right? This is. There's also bunny people in New, right? Yes. Oh yeah, there is. There's bunnies and like pointy-eared people. Kind of unclear how anything really connects. Well, and this lets us get a little bit into the main story uh, of of this special, right? And like the the overarching thing is this uh, new society, the Drift, that we're introduced to. And eventually, by the end, we get like the story of, of how it comes to be with, with Hugo, right? Uh, um, and we get into like stuff, not only with, with capitalism, like he is kind of portrayed as this kind of like, uh, uh like similar to bill- billionaires who <laughs> only act for their own interests, but also like their sprinkling of colonialism too, like during the flashback. They talk about like uh, adopting the the aliens uh, um, bio bio stuff, and then later ki- killing them, <laughs> killing them off. So like you you get uh, this mixture here. Uh, uh, the the ending of this happens pretty quickly. Like I, I uh, by the time like Y five like reveals the plans, there like there's like five minutes left in, <laughs> left in the episode. But uh, I'm I'm curious, um, Dylan, how do you feel about um, the the effectiveness of the uh, of the of the 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 overall uh, plots uh, going on in this in this episode. Yeah, I I think I have a take on like the the plot structure. So I think it's like kind of a typical plot thing where it's like the the character believes in this person and authority and then they discover that things aren't as right and you know and then they expose it. Um but what I liked about this was initially Wi-Fi only figures that Mr. M is the evil one. Like, mm. Y5 has such faith in Hugo, in the authority figure, that 
even when like something really should point back to Hugo, she, like she still thinks it's Mr. M and she's like, and there's like a second reveal that it's, mm-hmm. that it's that Hugo's the evil one. And I feel like this is like that, this really thematically resonated with me and speaking to like, um, how, how much like faith authority figures can command and how, like how much he was kind of like this religious figure for everyone in the drift. Um, so like, I, I think the special did a good job of like having a, a familiar plot structure, which I think it needed considering it's introducing a completely new story and resolving it in, in 45 minutes while having like a uh, interesting twist on it. All right. All right. Uh, I, I actually, uh, well, like the, on first watch, I, I was a little bit, uh, I, I was a little bit pessimistic on it. Like, uh, this is a bit of a simplistic uh, story overall. Like, as you, this is a common sci-fi trope, but like, I, I think that you have a good take on it that there is at least a little bit of progression in terms of like, we start with Mr. M being the focus and later it, it switches to Hugo. So that's at least a little bit extra on top of it. Um, uh, Ali, I, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned that capitalism and colonialism are your jam, apparently. So, like, <laughs> I didn't really consider it too much watching this because it did feel kind of like everything we've seen in a lot of shows, cartoons, live action, what have you. But I also, um, I do think Dylan has a point. Like, the second reveal does make it sort of stronger for it. And I like that also, I mean, you can see with her parents that, like, the influence also stems from them. Like, that's how she was raised. But then they also changed their minds in the episode, which. I kind of wasn't expecting like, you know, at the beginning, you're like, wow, you guys kind of like suck. You're not listening to her. You're pushing her aside. This is like textbook semi-toxic parenting. And then they also, you know, they come to realize that she's right and they accept it, which is not that you don't see it a lot in animation, but you don't see it a lot in real life. So it was a nice thing. And they call her Y5 in the end instead of Y4, which also made me happy. Yeah, I feel like it's like a from that there's that plot structure, but there's also all the Y5 character stuff, which is a lot. And then there's yeah. the backstory for Hugo that we get into. And then just like the 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 action plot with Bimo going on. Um, so I feel like, you know, it's familiar, but it's also in the context of a lot of other things going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle, uh, how, what are your thoughts on, on the story going on? Well, I mean, I agree with Dylan that it seems like there's like... There's multiple layers with different characters, which for 45 minutes makes sense that you'd want to try to balance those things so that nothing gets too, like, you know, convoluted, but still, like, interesting enough that nothing feels like it's dragging. I I definitely didn't feel like there were any segments that felt slow, which sometimes can happen when you stretch something from a format you're not used to working in. Um I like, I, I just, I keep thinking about how much I dislike Hugo. I'm trying to like, because <laughs> like what Dylan said I thought was really well put. And I think like one of the things that really stuck out to me is like when you're introduced to Mr. M and like, I don't know who Mr. M is. And I'm trying to remember who he was in this episode. Like he's the red guy, right? Who's yes. like in the car all the time. Okay. He's the red guy. So like when when he's introduced, like he's just like, he, he seems so creepy. He pulls up in this car. He like hardly ever gets out of the car initially. Um, he looks like the epitome of the like, don't talk to strangers kind <laughs> of person who's just, who's just it's talking true. to you through a window, trying to get you to like do something for him. Um, and when we first meet Hugo, it's in this lab and he is so polite and easygoing and it's and it's almost like you don't expect him to be in charge because he looks like a regular guy and he acts like a regular guy he doesn't act like he's in control there's no like gravitas to that introduction for him which i think like 
is a really great, like, deceptive way to put you at ease with him and probably how he's been able to worm his way into getting so much control with all these people that he has essentially colonized. But I think, like, the thing that really, like, got under my skin was, like, when Wife 5 is calling him out and she has, like, the... The blueprint from BMO that BMO downloaded showing like all the areas that have been destroyed as a result of collecting these special items for the ship pod thing. And Hugo like doesn't deny it. He's like, yeah, that's right, I did it. And he's like, if anyone was offended by my actions, I am truly and then he just like leaves, but he was gonna yeah. say I'm <laughs> truly sorry. And he the thing that really bothered me about that is it's, like, so perfect of a way to, like, point at, like, so many problematic people in charge of companies right now when they're finally called out about being terrible people. That That's literally what they say. They're, like, they say, oh, like, I didn't intend, like, any of this. Mm-hmm. If anyone's offended by what happened, like, I am so sorry. And, like, all my sympathies to the people who are hurt. Like, it's not, like, my fault because I didn't try to do this intentionally. And I was, like, wow. Like, what an interesting thing to, like, just give a line to a character that's very specifically viewed in a negative light by us as viewers. And so like, it just felt very interesting. <laughs> and I just really hate Hugo, but I love the way he was handled in this episode. Cause like, yeah, a lot of language like that just feels very like of a now sort of moment, you know, mm. like there are a lot of people like that that are facing reckonings and that is like the defense they use. So who also seem like perfectly nice, amiable, like, normal looking people but yeah so i don't know this turned into a hugo ramp but i I haven't seen a character like hugo in a while right like a lot of villains are pretty like oh they look sketchy it's because they are sketchy gotta get rid of them but that's really not how he was presented so and then when they're confronted about their sketchiness they tiptoe around it but he owns it Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I mean, we, we had a, another Hugo villain recently. So yes, we did. Similar in there. Uh, no, I, I love that part when he just, he's like, I'm trying, and then he sticks the thing in. Um, like, uh, he doesn't even finish. He doesn't even try to be like, oh, nope, I wasn't sorry. No, he's just like practically like, that was a distraction. Then he runs in. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like it usually goes a different way. And I feel like that really fits Hugo. And like, yeah, even when he's like revealed and he's in the ship, he doesn't seem so despicable. And yeah, no. it's, it's. It, yeah, that's like kind of the hard part, and I could see why that would like make you hate him even more. Yeah, I think like even sense. the service droid forgave him. Yeah, so I guess... Olive pats him on the shoulder when, like, you have a moment right before that where he's alone in the ship, and it's like maybe he regrets everything. But mm. then Olive comes to comfort him, and maybe it's because they have a past history. But that kind of ambiguity just like bothers me even more because it's like <laughs> well, I still don't like him but like I don't know what he deserves but it bothers um, you in a good way yeah like is it like yeah. forces you to like sit in that unresolved <clears throat> I feel I feel like he's more realistic like he's not much oh, task twirling sure. you know like he there's yeah. like he, he's still like uh like charismatic and he's still there's not like pure evil with him but he did this these horrible ac- actions I feel like he's really analogous to a lot of people in our world mm-hmm. but yeah do y'all think he ended up on Mars? Just digging. I think he ended <laughs> up digging. floating in the void of space with his olive friend. <laughs> but olive. I think olive has more to do than... Uh... I love Olive. I, love I forgot olive. its name. <laughs> but she's my favorite. Yeah. Um, uh, also, like, speaking to the now factor, I, I was, one thing that I did think was kind of unique about this uh, uh, this plot was uh, that the the Hugo mats, which are, like, the machines that create stuff, like, 
the thing that's so uh, evil about them uh, when Wi-Fi discovers it is that they're like harvesting data without anybody knowing. And <laughs> like, so like the whole idea of like pri- privacy um, concerns being like a problem, like that, that feels kind of new. And like, I'm glad that we're, uh, we're too we're relevant. I have to watch that. it again. <laughs> I also just love 3D printing vending machines. I don't yeah, like. I'm serious. sure that's somewhere. I'm sure that's from something, but I don't even remember if I've seen it before. Like that's like, yeah. I feel like that is exactly what's going to happen in the future. We're going to be able to 3D print energy drinks and pizza. Finally, yeah. edible things. She just gets a sports drink is the first thing to, to 3D print. <laughs> like, yes. How how does 3D printing liquid work? Uh, <laughs> is it? No, mm. never mind. <laughs> it's going to be like it's water 3D. Wow, uh, <laughs> I think so. It's been a Everything's made of atoms. So by that logic, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, and th- this is result. Uh, this whole thing is resolved by Y five and BMO gathering the pop the population of the drift together, and they eject him out into space. And then it, there's like a brief moment of like sorting out, like what what are we gonna do while we're stuck while we're stuck here? And it turns into this kind of like collective socialism thing where it's like hey, we need to like manage our resources, they teach each other things. The capitalism, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Adopt <laughs> socialism. Yes, it, it was very quick, and I was like, oh, okay. Like this <laughs> really catered to me, and I glossed over so much of it. <laughs> I'm a little bit annoyed with myself about it. But but I do I do want to ask like at least for me like this ending stuff uh, stuff like happened really fast to me I don't know if I'm yeah. if I'm alone yeah. in that or okay yeah so. no it felt I, I, yeah I I I also like paused at that point I saw there's five minutes left for me I thought it worked really well I love the music during it um like uh, I thought that was like some of the best animation and and music of the thing um you know I don't know if like the plot was so deep that they needed even more time to resolve anything I I could see why it felt fast for me it worked I think you like, guys Sorry, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go, go I was just saying, like, the reason I think it feels fast is because we spend the majority establishing a lot of these characters at odds with each other. So the fact that they're all going to work together now, it's kind of like, really? But, like, it seems like they've been, like, kind of doing their own things for a while now. But I think the thing that makes it work is that this is, like, a moment of severe crisis for all of them. And in moments like that, you are a little more desperate and you are a little more likely to do things you don't normally want to do. So, like, in that way, it makes sense. But also, like, we spent a lot of time establishing that these people don't work together normally. So I think it just, it kind of like, once it happens, it's like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. But like, while it's happening, I could see being a little like, oh really? Like, this is so fast though. For me, the one thing, yeah, for me, the one thing at the end that didn't, that felt like fast or didn't make as much sense to me was the parents forgiving Y5, like right there. Because honestly, like, these are some of the most despicable parents. We've had a lot of despicable parents. But these these two are so bad for me. (laughs) They were bad. Her mom pushes her away in the beginning just to get like stuff so she can get recognized. It's terrible. Like they they really I, I mean I agree the mom's like build and stuff like it's appealing but like they're they're like they're really, I, I see what Michelle's saying like she uh, looks great but I uh, her, but I hate her yeah no I just really hated them like way more than Hugo for me but uh, yeah, so true. them them like t- doing a one eighty didn't uh, didn't make as much sense for me 
Okay, hang on though. I think one thing we might be forgetting is like when when you're like an older adult, you become very conditioned to accept society for what it is, and you also become a lot more likely to like have a little disdain for people younger than you, especially if they're your children. So I feel like for them, it was really just like everyone in the drip bought into Hugo's system, and so and he made it a system. Like I think there was a line somewhere where they say like Hugo's great as long as like you can do something for him, mm-hmm. and they were exactly those people. Like that family scavenged for him because he made a system of rules where like, if you're nice to him, he will help you out because he is the leader. That's just like how like the like social stuff works once he came there. So it's like the parents, it was like, actions. no, no, but like, I think it's like once they realized what was going on and how terrible it was, they did like change their yeah. mind. They didn't double down. They were like, oh gosh, like high five was right the whole time. Like, and they, like, showed remorse. I feel like, honestly, like, that's a little believable, too. It's, like, their perspective was wrong, and they did not great things. But, like, I don't think nearly as terrible as Hugo. Well, yeah, as I think parents, objectively. and Not as characters. Yeah, as parents, and we're emotionally invested in Wi-Fi. But, no, you make a good point that they're that way because of the the, the system that Hugo yeah, set up. And like so you remove that system. That. I think that's probably the point they're trying to make by having them change at the end. Is yeah. like they're, like, and, and it is believable to people you know, like in our world who are bad, but that's just, like, what they grew up in. But, you know, you still don't like them. Uh, <laughs> but, but like, the, I feel like the thing that they displayed, the quality they displayed that made me hate them so much, and it's similar, um, other characters in the the in their world also had this was like the complete lack of empathy for uh non-human life like non like like robot life like just everyone trying to turn bimo off like i was really affected by that like oh my god they don't even care about bimo as like a conscious being they're just like instantly trying to turn them off um like the parent like turn really turned me off from the parents mr m hugo like these people are very cruel well, uh, and I would point out that like our introduction to the parents is uh, is Y five uh, entering the room. It's like, hey, I brought you stuff, and they like don't acknowledge her at all. They just acknowledge the products, exactly. which is like, hey, like she's helping you out with your with, with your whole deal. Like, you're like, just can you give her a cookie exists. or something? Like. Something. Yeah, so I, I I I agree with Michelle that like I think the special that does a good enough job of like showing why why they're acting the way they are. But I also think that they are kind of hammering it that there's a little bit of cruelty going on, especially in the in the early parts of the special. Um, but it's 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 a difficult uh, <laughs> um, a difficult life they live up there in the drift. Um, we can dig in a little bit more on Y five. Like she is the the main uh, new new character we're introduced to here i I get the sense of the general consensus is we all like her (laughs) here um is anything that we haven't touched on y5 that you think like is is worth highlighting here um michelle sorry it just started raining really loud so apologies (laughs) if you can hear it uh honestly like I just, I, I really liked Y5's voice, and I liked that she was a girl bunny, and she was sort of the other protagonist of the show, you know, with Bimo. Like, it, it's kind of, because, like, she's the one who ends up being the leader at the end. Bimo kind of leaves when they realize that, like, she's at a point now where she can help fix her own people's society, and she doesn't need him there to like guide it anymore because like for the whole rest of the episode it's like i gotta fix bimo like i gotta find bimo they're the only one people will listen to but by the end like they're listening to her and even her parents are listening to her and like it's gonna be okay because like her hands are very capable too and she's gonna figure it out and i kind of like that she had her own 
mini arc there too. Like going from like someone who like literally just found things for the approval of her parents to somebody who was more or less like leading this like 2.0 version of the Drift Society. Yeah, I feel I feel like we were talking about the parents and like them being products of society. I feel like that definitely applies to Y5 too early yeah. on. Yeah. And and she is like a pretty uh, in the first half has an arc of like BMO basically instilling empathy in her, mm-hmm. um, and that, that's like really it's just like really fun to to watch and see her grapple and and ultimately go with BMO, and then you see her kind of being this more empathetic figure in the second half, and that works really well. And then her grappling with that versus her old identity, and I drew a lot of comparisons between this and Infinity Train book two. Um, oh, yeah. Like, Y5 and Lake. And um, and then I think you can also, the other like other thing you want to compare it to, I think, is the parents, uh, the parent stuff, the abuse that she has. Like, I feel like you want to compare that to a She-Ra type thing. Um, so I was definitely thinking of other shows with uh, with stuff was going on with Y5. Um, <laughs> it's a cult. It's still a cult. Capitalism yeah. is a cult. <laughs> and it then- is a cult of money. and. And That's who who thing. really benefits? Very I mean, it, Hugo has a lot of cult Hugo. leader. Um, Hugo, yeah. So. <laughs> so you hoard Prime? Is that what we know fully? Yes, that's what the H <laughs> stands for. <laughs> but but then we're like stereotyping aliens there with like pale faced aliens. Yeah, he's not really that. an alien though. You know, no, he, like, didn't he, he appropriated. That, way? <laughs> yeah. that was wow. part of his backstory that just I was so wow, like comfortable with. It's like he's a legit human, and then he changed his appearance to fit in with this new colony of people. It's like yo, that that's so messed up though. I have to watch this again. That's so gross. <laughs> I know it's so gross. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they use they use the word biohacking, which is a totally new word to the world of Adventure <laughs> Time. But you know, I th- I think the message gets across in that in that sequence. Um, also, just briefly, uh, Michelle mentioned she liked uh, she liked Y 5s voice. Uh, that's uh, Glory Curda, a relatively young young actress. Um, she's in the fi- Final Fantasy VII remake that I hear is popular these days. So, so clearly, uh, this means I have to play the game now. <laughs> uh, um, uh, 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 Ali, do you have any any thoughts on particularly the the identity arc that Y five goes through? It's not not that much, but there is some some stuff going on there. I, I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was adorable that she was when she was coming up with her name, and I do like. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be it. It is a pun on Wi Fi, right? Probably. It has to be, especially <laughs> if, in that if universe. you say it really fast, it sounds like Wi Fi. So sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was not that it was like handled poorly or well but like just bemo's like that your name sucks you should come up with a new one i'm like i'm not sure how i feel about that but then she doesn't like it either clearly (laughs) i like i'll call you harmonica i don't like that one um i thought it was nice i also kind of thought that the parents accepting it immediately at the end felt a little rushed but it also does kind of make sense after you strip away the societal norms that they've thought about um no i don't have any complaints and i also it was like definitely akin to Lake from Infinity Train. I was thinking of another one, and now I forgot about it. But I think those two are like the ones that stand out most in my mind in terms of animation representation. Mm-hmm. We're going from Y four to Y five on the name is a very like Adventure That's Time. Take so on. funny, right? It's like, oh, I have it. Okay, I got it. I got it. Instead of Y four, Y five. What if she? What if she said Y three? <laughs> That's a step backwards, guys. Y five is upgrade. <laughs> I, I, I guess like that's just culturally like they're they're all yeah. their names are like letters and numbers or something. I don't know. I'm also impartial to it because five is my lucky number. Oh. <laughs> Maybe as they 
Which is also just like yeah. characters yeah, the, and numbers. Yeah, characters. Yeah. yeah, maybe as they strip away the uh, the identity suppressing capitalism that was plaguing them, they can rediscover <laughs> yes. their identities and have more complex names. She's gonna name herself Wi-Fi. Let it happen. And she'll make. And she invents Wi-Fi, and that's yes. the backstory of that's Wi-Fi. The, that's the backstory of Wi-Fi. We found <laughs> it. That's how their society. Um, comes up again. Also, I need a refresher. Like, how are they planning to actually fix the hub or whatever if Hugo took every resource they had? I didn't he, understand that at all. So he didn't take all of them. He took the best ones. So I think their plan is, like, to... They do have some resources left, and they did say something about, like, going to that trash place and maybe scavenging more aggressively oh, with the there. Other robot ones. But, okay. like, I think it's implied that, like, all these different groups, like, may have things that are useful, and they're going to have to pool resources if they have any hope of actual survival so they'll be still they'll still be scrimping by but it'll be like a collective organizative kind of scrimping by instead of an every person for themselves thing yeah, I like that like before i just definitely missed that i was like wait how do they expect to survive but that makes sense it was very fast at the end just yeah, the last really, they don't, they don't eat the lards hopefully not <laughs> Yeah, they need nourishment. Oh, that was the one. That was the thing I remembered most from Adventure Time. Like they're the, they're Good there, joke, right? right? Yeah, yeah. The 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 sea lards are, are <laughs> yeah. a very fun part of Adventure Time. That. Where are they in Adventure Time? I don't remember <laughs> that. But they just like fly in the sky sometimes. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're in Earthiest space though. When it landed in Earth, it was shooting down like a rocket. Like. It, a fire doesn't hurt it. The coldness <laughs> of space don't hurt them. It's like a lie. That really, that really shocked me. They can do anything. They're the cockroaches of the future. Uh, we're gonna be eating cockroaches. They're, they're, they're much cuter than cockroaches. They are. They're way better, but like the same rules apply. Apparently, very Adventure Time that it's like this, like kind of weird looking thing that is like just behaves very cutely, and then at the yeah. end, it, I like it. Then the Zamchunkultos, like that was good. Um, <laughs> There, I, I just want to mention, there's a very popular episode of Adventure Time, Jake the Brick, that stars a sea yeah. lord. So like, oh, I don't remember them. Yeah. Uh, Alex, the one Adventure Time episode that was on my mind most watching this the first time was the BMO. Like, the, I feel like the last BMO backstory episode, the one where we see the the creator of the BMOs, we see the, the other BMO, yeah. So I was like trying to remember that and how it fit into anything that was happening. And I don't think there's anything specific that would like was supposed to be remembered to tie in. I mean, we had the other, we had the Seago, and I don't even remember if that was in the that episode or not. I believe this is Seago's debut, and uh, uh, another thing that we kind of have to discuss among, like, people who know Adventure Time more is that it turns out this is a prequel. So, like, the, just, like, the whole, like, reshifting of knowledge, like, once you say at the end, like, oh, all this happened before in that Finn and Jake, like, that mm-hmm. that's kind of, like, turned... It's like a whole empty hole in in the lore of Bimo, so like, it, of course, it makes sense that you put it there so that way anything could happen for him. But uh, but yeah, like I don't really think there's much that, uh, of Bimo history that connects here. Like even the thing like at the beginning where he's apparently been sent into space to go farm potatoes on Mars, like that's just nonsense, right? right? What do you, <laughs> like, what do you his... mean about sent into space? I thought he just decided that on his own. It's un. It's yeah. unclear. I, thought that, I mean, it's, it's yeah, unclear. Right? It's already a like, just. It's it's like it's just a. Yeah, it's just a Martian. The Martian joke with potatoes on Mars. Was his creator? On Mars, like... He lived on Earth, right? 
Yes. Yeah, so he, he left the, Earth only to just go back to Earth. Right. I was trying oh, to fit it in with that episode. Right. I, yeah, I don't even know. But well, so, I mean, yeah, because Earth is the only place you'd find potatoes. I guess it <laughs> did have to come from Earth. Yeah, and like we, I, I believe there's something with like Mo sending uh, Bimo out into the world to like be his own person, basically. Right. And that so, I remember. Uh, so, so like, I guess this fits. <laughs> But he left Earth and then he just goes back in the end. Didn't he still want to go to Mars? Why? I'm it's frustrating. I need a new ship. I want to see the potato farm. <laughs> I, I, I like. I assumed it was a prequel. Watching it, I don't know. I just like it, it mm-hmm. felt uh, like that. But I didn't expect it to connect right to Finn and Jake at the end. But I thought that was a cute ending to the special. Right. And uh, while we're on the topic of BMO, I'd like, obviously BMO in general in the show has been a a comedic effect character. Like, there's character stuff that happens with BMO, but it usually doesn't like stretch into other episodes. But uh, this special, uh, BMO is like the titular character, but there's not too much going on with this character, except like there's like a small arc going on. Where like he, he he's envisioning himself as a as a cowboy, and then he like has doubt in the in the middle, talking about like being a sidekick and feeling like a kid, and then he gets his confidence back. But like in uh, I just want to um, ask, do you guys uh, think that Bimo, um what's the word here, uh, is is Bimo mirroring Y five uh, character in this episode, or is, the, or is this its own thing? Like, what's your interpretation on what's going on with, with Bimo here? Um, uh, Ali, do you have any thoughts on Um Well, I think he definitely is supposed to mirror her in a way, because not that, like, they're both, they feel like a kid because of, like, what other people put on them, but they can feel that way just because of others' influence. It also was a little weird to me that he felt that way, Bimo, at least, because... I didn't really understand at first why the people who he initially meets are like, yeah, fix our society. And he's like sort of an authority figure. But now to me, it feels like a class thing. Like maybe people who are like higher ranking look to Hugo, but everybody else was like, we need like a leader who knows how to actually help us. Um, I don't know. I I feel like we're, there, there had to be stuff like this in the original series where he kind of like made jokes about being a kid or something like that. But I don't want to say it felt out of place because it didn't really, but it did feel a little like strange. I don't think it was handled poorly, but I was like, oh, this is where we're going. All right. Why not? Okay. Okay. Um, Michelle, do you have any thoughts on the BMO character in this special? I mean, I'm trying to remember <laughs> what BMO was like in the show. I feel like BMO was the same. Take it from the perspective of you, ju- uh, you are only watching this special. Uh, how, how would you feel about BMO? That is impossible. But I will, say, <laughs> I will say, like, I think the nice thing about BMO is even if BMO has these moments of crisis where they feel like, oh, am I too much like a kid? Like, am I not, like, prepared enough or mature enough to follow this plan through? That's not something BMO normally, like, tends to deal with. And I, I love that insight that he would have this kind of grappling with himself. But again... The great thing about Bima is because Bima's a robot and is inherently genderless, Bima can kind of do what they want, you know? Like, they're not tied to, like, human expectations of, like, how you're supposed to be. Like, Bima doesn't, like, grow up in the way that a human child grows up. Like, Bima's not Finn. 
BMO's not Jake. BMO's BMO. So, like, really, BMO can't ever really be wrong because what BMO is is just so completely out of, like, the realm of, like, how we understand those kinds of things. So I feel like it's nice to see BMO have all these human emotions, and that's something Y5 really responds to, that BMO has, like, very much his own personality. But... BMOs, like, shouldn't be held to the same standard. And I think, like, we forget that because BMO feels like such a human character sometimes, but then BMO will do things that feel very, like, kind of out of nowhere. But it's because, like, BMO's a robot. BMO's constantly reinventing themselves. I feel like that's, like, what's fun about that as a character. So, like, BMO felt the same, but also, like, I was really worried when BMO looked like he was going to be, like, destroyed. But then at the same time, I was like, well, you know, Bima's like also a robot though, so maybe they can just put it back together. <laughs> he could put himself back together even after he's dead. I do think Adventure Time's good about, like, they always can, like, really delve in, and, like, existential's the best word for it, but, like, as a viewer, it just leaves me feeling very thoughtful and a little, like, sad. And I feel like that was the moment that really hit me the most in that kind of very adventure timey way. Just like when BMO's talking to themselves, you have all the rainbow versions of BMO like encircling the BMO to talk about like, oh, not this time. No, I think you're dead for real. And BMO kind of like has to have peace with it. And even though BMO comes back, it's like, maybe that's just what it's like being BMO. Like any day could be your last day, but then maybe it's not because you're a robot. So like, <laughs> Maybe don't worry too much about anything because you're a work in progress and you literally have no rules because you're not a you're not human. I'm going to identify <laughs> as a robot from now on. I know, right? It I feels like that like myself. So feels so freeing in a way. It does, yeah. Um, th- thanks for breaking down the existentialism of Bimo <laughs> um, getting destroyed. Uh, I-, I will also say, like, on top of uh, like. The the special does give him this uh, at this uh, this death, but at the same time, I appreciate that it doesn't lose like the uh, the optimism that is kind of his signature throughout the show. Like no no matter what, Bimo is just always thinking like best case scenario, and I I I like having that energy <laughs> throughout the special. Um, uh, Dylan, I don't know if you have any additional thoughts on on Bimo as a character in this uh, episode. Yeah, not not too much. I mean, just I, I I liked BMO as a protagonist here. I think I connected more with BMO than I really ever did on the show. I thought it was really successful. I love the one of my favorite things in the special is Sheriff BMO and Deputy Y Five. Um, really, really love that. Deputy Y Five. Um, she's like, I don't think she's I'm a deputy or anything. Like, oh my god. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and the the foot BMO to, um, we mentioned, but BMO talking to football, you know, I feel like that's that's um, some yeah. Uh, was that more an original BMO series day. thing? I feel like yes. I remember that. Yeah, the, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that felt familiar from from before. So I, I thought that was used to good effect too with BMO. Yeah. Yeah, and even BMO as a cowboy is a thing that the show had already done. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we had an Give me your bank that. account. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of, of that, uh, that scene where, where he's getting de- destroyed and let me get the replay of him getting torn apart and put together and torn apart, which I, I will say like hurt me a lot. It's illegal. Um, it's illegal. <laughs> but I, I'd say that's one of the, one of the showier animation pieces of this special. And in general, I think it's worth noting just like how, how clean this all looks and how like the differences between this 
and regular Adventure Time. Like we also, I mean, from the get go, you have this special intro for for the BMO episode, which is like a three D exploration inside BMO's body, and you get to the Golden Heart, and like that that alone is like immediately puts you like, oh, okay, this is different. Um, you got um the animator from Water Park Prank, not especially a popular episode, but um, I don't animator- remember that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that animator came back to do the the flashback of like how hugo got to the got to the drift so like that was a unique style and yeah. just in general like all these new settings that we had to create um dylan i don't know how what if there's anything uh, especially that stood out to you in terms of just like the look of the show yeah i, I really like the different style for the the flashback i love the michelle mentioned the rainbow bemo colors i really love that scene how that looked everything evolving there um yeah i mean i think like it shows that this was like almost the whole Adventure Time crew coming back just for this. Also, I think this directed by Miki Brewster, the special. I mean, like so many, so many talented people on 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 working on this, and this is like visually, I think, one of the highlights of the year for me. Okay, okay, uh, Ali, Michelle, any any visual highlights that you guys want to point out? Not that haven't been pointed out already. I was also just really impressed with how clean everything looked, but you know, it's been reiterated multiple times. Yeah, I just think like the background detail something you notice a lot as it goes on and it always like just looks really professional and really good with the high quality to detail. That's just yeah. like really nice because they had the time to do it and they they really didn't hold back in that respect. So like it, it all does... felt like it made sense for the world, but like it, it stood out in its own right for just like how good it was. We don't know like if they're experimenting with formats for the other episodes, do we? Like in terms of animation? I don't know. So I'm kind yeah, of I don't think, I don't think we it, really but... know much of much of anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I think on the AMA, I, I saw Adam vaguely mentioned that they might slightly have a thread tying them together, but uh, it's not confirmed. They're all backstories, or even so, I, I think it's mostly oh, yeah. up in the air. That's my other question. So good. Yeah, like also we got if this was a prequel, like yeah, in, like is that going to be post <gasps> or free? From the description, it feels free. like. But, yeah, um, when they, they first the hard thing was, the hard thing was they were together before and together, so like anything could. <gasps> oh my god, are yeah. we gonna get their first girlfriend story? <sighs> It'd be so good because we've had hints about it. That part I do remember watching. In the show. <laughs> <laughs> when they had like the backstory, and I forget, like, did they use like bugs or gum or something to represent their past? But oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it seemed like. Bubble Princess Bubblegum, like, Marceline met her, and she was, like, there's, like, a weird history to, like, how she was formed out of bubblegum, and, like, that's a whole thing. But Marceline met her when she was still human, presumably, and she turned into a vampire later? Right? I don't really remember anymore, but I feel like, yeah, I'd love to see what that actually looked like. Um, you should probably watch Stakes if you're really Definitely. into this. But um, <laughs> I can't believe uh, you haven't watched Stakes, Michelle. I forgot it was a thing. <laughs> There's so ma- there are there like three mini series in Adventure Time. Yeah, but yeah. Stakes, Stakes is was the, the first one. one, and the Stakes, oh, okay. Stakes, Stakes and Islands I think are pretty pretty high high yeah. priority stuff for the show. Yeah. Um, spe- speaking of like stuff from the original show, um, one character we haven't really talked about that much is Mr. M. Um, Michelle gave, gave her take on it, but as someone who like didn't really <laughs> recall the original, um, if you, if you watch Adventure Time uh, you, and you recognize voices, you can pretty much tell that this is Martin Murden's Finn's dad. Um, Wait, from what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Why is he 
so creepy here. What, he's well, creepy if you, in the original too. Oh yeah, he's yeah. creepy in the original too. Well, uh, yeah, Ali, I, I think you you caught on to this uh, dur- during your watch. How how did you uh, no with the Martin knowledge? Does that like add anything to Mister M's character in here, or you think it doesn't really matter? Like, what what are your feelings on it? I don't know if it adds anything to his character, but it definitely adds like perspectives from the viewers. Their audience, rather, because it just added so much anger for me. Because I always hated Martin; he was always a sleaze ball. And here he's like being a creepy, like hiding behind a mask sleaze ball. I, I hate him so much. I thought, you know, I mean, it doesn't really take away anything if you don't watch the original, but it does add if you do know him from Adventure Time. Um, it, I also feel like that about just a bunch of like tiny things, like the card game that they play like that was the card game that jake showed finn i believe um but with this i don't i don't know i I think it's good that they put him in here as like the really gross like i'm gonna steal all your stuff dude um but yeah i hate him and i I hate him even more now so i think i mean they definitely achieved what they were going for so that's a good thing like I guess I'm too much of a casual. I didn't even pick up. It was him the first viewing. I mean, I know that's despicable, but uh, but then well, the second <laughs> second viewing, like I watched with that in mind, and it's really the same exact plot. I think it yeah. maybe just adds uh, it's like knowledge of where he might have been before and where he's going after. So yeah, like, you don't like, need to tie that up as much. Just a weird nostalgia thing for like original fans, but it, do- it does make you not like him more if you know it. Yeah. I, I, uh, Cause like I'll just say, having known that when Bimo meets Finn at the end, Finn's literally a baby. He's like a toddler infant. So it's like while his dad's off being a creepo in space, like his literal child son is just running around on Earth with a dog. With a dog, a teenager dog. Apparently, Jake is a cool teenager with the most magical alien dog. Yeah, I'll admit I got I got mad when uh, Mr. M uh, hustled Wi-Fi out of her anti-gravity boots. Yeah, that. <laughs> just, just, yeah, that really sucks. The rage that went and, through me. And like that's such a Martin thing to do. <laughs> like, and then he like, just tries to like research. peace out at the end. Like uh, just grab on the him. ship. Yeah, I hate it so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so Mr. M is, oddly enough, the most uh, connected character, well, besides Bimo, uh, the most connected character to uh, previous Adventure Time lore. Uh, any, like, other random characters we haven't discussed, um, the Looter Bugs, um, yes. Sweetie and Darling, as they're named in, the, in the credits, uh, voiced by Ashley and Anthony Birch. <laughs> um, any thoughts on their contributions to the episode, Allie? They're the best. They're the best. I just, I'm just an Ashley Birch stan, but they were very funny. They had a lot of good one-liners that I'm blanking on now, but it was good. Is this possibly Anthony Birch's first VO role credit? That was what I also assumed, but I'm not sure. Look him up. Yeah, just look him up, see what he's done. I, I, I know they Time did like uh, web web series stuff with, with Ashley Birch a while ago. But I don't know what else they've done. Uh, but yeah, so with, with <laughs> he that... has his own website. It has stuff I've worked on is the first thing that comes up when you type. <laughs> oh, Does his credit nice. go to Darling or Sweetie? Because that was a very contested thing with us. Oh yeah. Oh, he's Sweetie. Okay. He's Sweetie. But I still want to know. Okay, but in the show, which one is Sweetie and which (laughs) one is Darling? Okay, now that's a good follow-up question. (laughs) (laughs) He's on the bugs game stuff, but that seems like the extent. The bugs just felt like very much like Adventure Time characters to me. It's like, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and you have a CGO or CGO uh, voiced by Simone Gertz, uh, who is the queen of, of crappy robots on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so okay. per- perfect, role, perfect role for her. Um, but yeah, uh, she's uh, that character like sings the theme song to Frasier at some point, which is uh, like this whole it's- trend of like citing sitcoms from the '90s and animation is like a weird thing to me. But uh. it's so good, though. <laughs> I mean, it's good, but it's also like. Man. <laughs> We're not quite old enough for it to be nostalgic in the way that the writers and borders it probably is for them. I think that's it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. OG millennials. It's for the older people watching. Yeah. In one of the best episodes of the show, they said, which which old show's theme do they sing? Right? Like, uh, it's like a key element. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Like this seems like a very Gen X thing. And then what was the song from this one that the robot is singing? Because is that from an actual show? That's yeah, it's from, from Frasier. Oh, oh yeah, Frasier. That's Frasier. Sorry, you said yeah. that. And is Frasier a spinoff to Cheers? I think it is. Um, oh, my. But, uh... wow, it all connects. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, I haven't seen it either. You didn't connect anything. Um, so yeah, uh, any other, um, f- uh, stuff that we haven't talked about or, or final thoughts about this special Olive. wrapping up Olive Olive discussion? Olive. Okay, Dylan, uh, how, how much do you love Olive? Then? <laughs> A lot. When's, is Olive going to be in all the specials? Like, is Olive our connective tissue? Olive's issue? the new snail. That's what you're saying. Wow. <laughs> is Olive, wow. yeah. Apparently they didn't really put the snail in this time. Uh, well, no, but for. did it remind anybody else of the cursed sword just because of the eye, but also because it could like shapeshift? Could oh, the sword yeah. shapeshift? Or am I making that up? I love I that it shapeshifts. Olive can be anything, an axe, a, 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 a floating scooter board thing, a Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, that's why Dylan likes it. Olive looks like Pokemon. a Pokemon. So I guess yeah. it's a ditto. Thinking of, um, yeah, there you go. I Magneto. knew you'd have one. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> only one that turns into a bunch Pokemon? of stuff. <laughs> Which is that? Magneton? I don't remember. I was thinking of Magneton. That's a first-gen Pokemon, so I actually know what that I, one looks like. I have no idea what any of you are talking about. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Olive scans Bimo at the beginning and is... I, I get, what, would, what, did it, what did Olive see? I guess the golden hearts and is like, oh, that's enough? Or, like, All what? the inner content. <laughs> So, yeah. All the, their contents of BMO. Yeah, BMO's like you good you good taste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but BMO, BMO doesn't get uh, eyed up like that usually. Uh, <laughs> um, Olive, any other characters I'm missing, or is that it? Uh, I guess just briefly, I do want to Finn and Jake at the end. Um, Jake has like an earring and some like He's a situation going on. He's a- Teenager. Was that Teen Jake? I need Teen. Yeah. I need some Teen Jake content. Or is it Three Teen Jake? I think Maybe it's that's definitely what the fourth teen one will be. The fourth oh. one's <laughs> Teen Jake. A little, little fan with his blushing cheeks. I know, he's so cute. <laughs> and he has a duck on his shirt. <laughs> Sure, he's and the so sword round. is too big for him. And a band-aid on his knee because he's a scrappy baby. <laughs> Jake is wearing a plaid shirt. I'm a fan. I really like his bleached mohawk. That's my favorite part about Team Jake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, credits are real life BMO in space. Um, like this, like BMO that they apparently sent in a rocket somewhere. So good. Did good they really? BMO. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, any other fi- final thoughts, Dylan, on the special? 
Um, my small note. I really like Randall Randall Park as Hugo. Um, I was trying to see like what other voice work I've seen Randall Park do. Not a lot of stuff, so I'd love to love to see him doing more more voice work in the future. I thought he did really well as Hugo. Um, ju- no, just in general, like I, I think I may be a little bit higher on it than than some of you, but like I was I was really blown away by this. Like in coming into this, I didn't think that there was any chance I would like the BMO special more than the bubbling special. But now I'm like, how could it be better? Like this is basically <laughs> as good as it gets. Like obviously, I'll be more emotionally connected to the. We all know how it will. But like, uh, like for me, this is like, uh, (laughs) uh, what way? In the gay way? Like, obviously, obviously. So I hope. I hope now. Now I'm saying like I hope the bubbling special is as good as the Beatmo special. This is so far uh, top five episode of TV of the year for me. Oh. Okay. The amount of times you said that this year alone are more than five. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> that is shockingly high, though. There's a lot of good ones. That's right up there with the, the three the three shows series finale like and that one episode Kiko of Kiko. And Shira, yeah. like, and then alone the in those two each, there There's are like definitely top fives for the year. I've got it in yeah. my top 15 for what it's worth. But, yeah. um, <laughs> that's good too. Like yeah, yeah that, that, that's still like really great for like the, 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 there was a high ceiling and there was a low floor for this. So like, I'm, <laughs> real, I'm really happy that it, it was that's closer fair. to the ceiling. That's true. That's a good point. There's so much good content out this year so far. Yeah. Um, Ali, any, any final thoughts on Bima? Uh, I mean, I, I didn't really like it until we had this discussion. I mean, I did enjoy it, but now I really want to just watch it again to go back about all the stuff that I missed that you guys mm-hmm. marked on. I really liked all the one-liners, not even just like the one-liners, <laughs> like the where Martin is like kids always like they're just like their deadbeat parents. Oh no, always yeah. telling off their deadbeat parents. That yeah. made me laugh really hard. And I think my favorite quote from the whole thing and just to like as a nugget for everybody going through terrible things right now, it's even when things look really stupid, we have to try. That was like the whole episode just felt too real and I appreciated it. It's very relevant to current times. Yeah. We, we can't just like go through every joke that BMO does, but like BMO has like a lot of good, good lines in this episode. Uh-huh. But it's BMO. Uh, I, I related to Bimo most when he was excited that Wi-Fi was a rabbit. Uh, <laughs> I know! They say, like, a couple times, like, oh, there's so many rabbits. Yeah, oh, Bimo's so like, oh, that, that one rabbit's running a hotel. I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> Michelle. Like, that. Wi-Fi to get like, insulted by how patronizing that sounds. But she just let it go. She didn't even care that Bimo was saying all this stuff about rabbits. Michelle about amphibia, honestly. It's oh, Bimo. Could you oh. imagine, like, if this was, like, cats instead of bunnies? It'd be just... Oh, oh my God. Uh, yeah, everyone's screaming. Then I'd, like, hate Hugo ten times more, so it's probably a good thing. <laughs> are, there, are there cat people in somewhere new? There there's, 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 at this point, there's been ten seasons, Dylan. There's probably yeah, animal people of every sort. You're supposed to be able to tell me off the top of your head, Alex, though. <laughs> the registered expert of Adventure Time, it's true. Uh, but, Michelle, besides bunnies, any final thoughts on, on the special? I like really didn't know what to honestly for some reason I was even wondering if the the character designs were going to be like different or something for this uh, and I, I think they look exactly the same it feels exactly the same as the show I really just based on not knowing even that I didn't have many expectations especially like not really knowing the, the last five seasons worth the plot of the show oh, I was man. just like I'm excited everyone's excited I'm gonna watch it um, I think having this discussion helped me understand a little more of the context for where this fits in terms of like other characters, like Finn's dad. Like I, I really like, 
I want to rewatch just to like understand his grossness in like a new light now because <laughs> it like, helps to know that stuff. Um, but like as a standalone, I think it works really good. And I think like honestly, I would watch a whole spinoff series of Y five, just like yes. figuring out yeah. how to fix drift and like I know starting. She's not coming back, but I want her to. I would love her to. Right? Like she she like stands out for a brand new character that we had no previous emotional attachment to. And I feel like that's kind of nice that mm-hmm. she's going to be memorable. Yeah. Is one of the the two from the finale a bunny? Like one of the two new people. Oh yeah, it's like a, it's something like that. Let's look it up. Is like yeah. in the is it Shermie? Shermie in the fight? Oh, maybe uh, he's a cat. In, in, maybe in, he's the, a cat. in the last episode of Adventure. Yeah, Man, I'm looking but, it up. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to find visual images here. Yeah, I'm like Wi-Fi oh, Shermie. It's like a bunny cat hybrid. It's a gremlin <gasps> looking thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got this big wide smile, but it's got bunny ears and like a little rat tail. I have no idea what it is. Uh, I, I, I will uh, I will say Adventure Time Wiki is really detailed and they have an article for cats in Adventure Time. Um a- actually there was a there was a BMO episode where he's pretending to be a detective and he has two cat detective friends. Uh the, there's also Meemaw, of course, you know, the the, the He's the, t- the the tiny cat that's trying to kill Jake in one of the earlier episodes. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. just because he's a cat, I'm assuming. Yeah. He just oh yeah, and, there, and there's the bots episode where it's just like a kingdom of cats that are in boxes. That's great. I love that episode. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that I actually remember more than the other ones. Maybe. It was <laughs> this is the gremlin that's the new Jake in the oh future. that or right, Finn right. in the future. I so, mean, yeah, yeah. That, that, See, that's... he's he kind of he looks like a rat and a bunny and maybe a cat at the same time. I forget which one of those is voiced by Willow Smith. Uh, but... <gasps> the box kitty looks so good. You gotta tell me which episode that is. Uh, that, that is Bots Prince. Bots um... Prince. I hope that's his name. I Why were there no? Yeah, I, I hope that's his name too. Why are there no princesses on the this the special? Because apparently the... Ooh is the only planet that uses the princess uh, system. It's like it's like She-Ra, right? Like just a yeah. planet can particularly <laughs> has a princess <laughs> system. Uh, can Wi-Fi oh, be a princess if she like comes Luna. to Earth? Is that yes, how that works? If she comes to Earth, but in the drift she's just a rebel leader. Yeah. Does that makes seems pretty much the same thing. She, she's smart enough to overthrow somebody with science. She like, is. Like, she'd be really good friends with Bubblegum, honestly. Yeah, I I want her to come to Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, as you can tell, we're, we're, like, drifting off, which means it's time for us to begin uh, drifting drifting off here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Drift drift away. We're drifting away. No. No, we're we're sticking to Adventure Time. This place is called The Drift, so that was the joke, okay? (laughs) Uh, so uh, you can find our previous uh, discussion on Adventure Time and the, the other shows that we've discussed here at OverlyAnimated.com. If you have thoughts about uh, this episode, about Adventure Time, about She-Ra, about any of the other shows we cover here on Overly Animated, you can talk with us on Discord at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us financially by via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Ryan. Uh, thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, Needle, and Phonician. Um, and yeah, uh, we will be back here to talk Adventure Time whenever Obsidian comes out. I think it's supposed to be 2020. Yeah. Please. Month? Who knows? But it could be this Christmas. This is the year. <laughs> 
for the gays. It needs to come out. Yeah, it's the year of the gays. I agree with that. <laughs> Isn't every year the year of the gays? It is, gays? but it's just... <laughs> But it's never enough. That's the thing, Alex. You just yeah. always need more. It's yeah, stronger yeah. every year. Well, I, I, I'm sure that will bring even more energy for Obsidian, but I hope you enjoyed our discussion of BMO, and we'll be back later to, to talk about the future of Distant Lands. But until then, talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.